Hi, this is Mike from Realistic Sustainability. Every once in a while, something happens that we just have to talk about. Nick and I are recording these episodes less than 50 miles from the Oxford tragedy that happened last week, where a young man went into a school and, well, you know. This terrible event has shaken the community, the surrounding area, the state, and even the country. Our hearts go out to each and every person affected by this tragedy. Sometimes, in sustainability, we have to address very sensitive topics. And instead of making a show, which I don't believe would be tasteful at this point, I do have to say something about it. To have sustainable societies and communities, we have to address certain things. What has happened? That was a failure of adults failing to take care of children, parents, faculty, media, governments. The list of how far that failure goes is high. We failed that child, and in result, others were affected by it. And that is a tragedy. We have to fund our schools. We have to fund them so that they can control the environment around them, have the proper amount of teachers, and hire qualified people who love what they do. Not that the ones who are there don't. They do. Matter of fact, I think a lot of them who are there love it a lot because they stay even when the conditions are bad. But what we don't do in this country, in the United States, is fund mental health also. With the proper mental health guidance, that young man would probably be saved. And all of his victims in the same. Unfortunately, it's going to turn into a political game. People yelling, screaming about guns, when neither side of a gun debate helps the future of our children. We have to spend time and focus on funding those schools and funding mental health again in the United States. It is extremely important. While one group says if we add a lot of guns, it will prevent more shootings, the other side says it won't. But in the meantime, funding mental health just might prevent it. So in sustainability, when it comes to communities, we can't always leave people in the cold. We have to shrink those cracks that people slide through. The harder a life is, sometimes the worse the actions are. We have to focus on the people in the community. All I'm asking here is is that we remember that when we vote. Call your congressman. Call your representative. Don't let them take their eye off the ball. This isn't some political game that someone gets to use as leverage. This is a symptom of a much bigger problem. Tell them, fund their schools and fund mental health. I appreciate you listening to this, and I do hope you enjoy the show. We are all Oxford Strong. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Hey, hello. Your moment of silence. I have my breath held every time, so I'm happy to be here. Okay, Jameson. She says it's very awkward that I asked for a moment of silence. It's not like a memorial. It is just to get a bass sound, so when I edit, it's easier. It is a celebration of the death of our sleep patterns, Michael. You got us up here at the butt crack of dawn. Well, we have to do that. We've all got all these projects going on. You're working at night. We have to record. People are expecting episodes at a specific cadence. 
Listen, I understand that. I also like that you use the word cadence, and the average person doesn't know what that means. He means schedule, guys. Um, <laughs> it's adorable, and you're right. They expect us. They're addicted to the fat guy, and they're addicted to you, and I, I, we have to give them what they want. But we also need to sleep, Michael. We need to sleep. Nah, it's just, well, actually, we have an episode that says that. So, yes, we do need to sleep, and you can't, but you can't catch up on sleep. So, lost sleep is lost sleep. So, the we're just going to have to do better in the future. And since your catering slows down a little bit during this time, we're going to just record more and get ahead again. We're no longer ahead. So, when you hear us, I talk, I used to talk about, hey, this was like several weeks ago. It's not. This episode comes out this Friday. Yeah, indeed. We are definitely not as ahead as what we'd like to be. Also, you're right. You can't catch up on sleep. When it's gone, it's gone. In fact, for your body to catch up on the things it's supposed to be doing when you're sleeping, it takes days and days if you miss a whole day of sleep. I'm not saying we can catch up on sleep. I'm not a fool. I'm just telling you I don't want to establish a pattern of no sleep. Because while I require far less than you, I do require some. (laughs) Yes, I am the worst of the two of us. I prefer my full eight hours of sleep. Real quick, before we jump into our show, and yes, this is another Nick's holiday series, Unsustainable Holidays, Christmas. A little weird that I skipped Thanksgiving, just so you guys all know, that was my fault and an accident. Guess we'll Uh, hit it next year. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was his fault. I I purposely never mentioned Thanksgiving because outside of the ridiculous consumption of food, the amount of things that are produced for Thanksgiving, while still being more than we'd like to admit, it fails to compare to Christmas in in October and things on Valentine's Day. But yes, you're going to have a little bit of your, your turkey cutouts and the things that, you know, are not exactly necessary so they're, they're not sustainable at all but mostly the only thing that's not sustainable is the obscene amount of food in fact if we were going to do a, an unsustainability episode on thanksgiving it would just be like a food waste part two i would love to see a stat at some point if anyone knows it listens to this i'd love to see a stat on how much food is produced on thanksgiving and is wasted i would love to see that if anyone has it well we will probably get that stat for you a year from now Sweet. I am patient. I can wait. <laughs> so a couple of updates before we start the show. The first one is thank you to Blackmore Row Insurance here in Durand. They donated $402 to the Edible Landscape Project, which is amazing. That's like ha- almost half of the new budget that we have and more than what we spent last year to help create these beautiful gardens here in Durand. They literally had like Gene Day on Friday and you pay a dollar to wear your jeans, then the company matched it. So $402 going to the Edible Landscape Project can go a long way. So so this was just our local branch here in Duran. They just kind of got moved by the program, was excited by it every year. They want to give to some nonprofit and it was us this year. That's awesome. I mean, you know, every little thing that happens, every act of kindness from someone else that can be redirected in these wonderful ways. And as long as we pay it forward, it'll make the world a better place. I swear to God. You just keep keep hammering the nail, right? Yeah. Another thing, Jamie and I are on the front page of the Shiawassee County paper, the Argus Press, and that is for Dabble. Dabble is preparing to open, will soft open here in mid-December and grand open in, on January 3rd. We're getting to a point where it starts to look like it can be opened. That's awesome. So for those of you who are on the Facebook page, thank you for joining that. You'll see that evolution of the building. 
What are you <laughs> laughing at me for? So you you had posted something on Facebook, and you had posted like pictures of the progress, and you said it's almost gonna look like it's getting to where it looks like it's right. And I had commented, um, the illusion of quality before quality, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I'm a jerk and I love you more than anything. I think it's hilarious because it is really coming along amazingly, and it's not. Because I'm not a home rental guy. I'm not a builder by any stretch of the means. Unless you hand me a hammer and you want me to destroy something, I'm borderline useless in this entire industry. It is, it's coming along so good. You guys are doing such amazing work there. It's funny because Jameson is like my, she's like a contractor. She really she is, is rocking it out. So ladies and gentlemen, if, if you get an opportunity to visit Dabble here in Duran, there is an old teller wall because this used to be a bank. And I'm in it right now, if not in the studios, the studio isn't built, so we don't have that quite yet. But I mean, we still have the bank window. I can hand you things through a teller window to the outside. It's awesome. She, she took that teller wall, and it my sustainability heart is super happy. She she cut it down, took all that wood, took all the screws out, moved all the, you know, we had the electricity moved. She used the same screws to build that island. There's this countertop stuff. She cut it up and reused all the original bank stuff to make this two-sided, two-tiered, two-leveled island. We'll put it stools, looks very good. We'll put stools on either side. It adds eight more seats at minimum to the to the seating here, and it looks fantastic. So when someone says this place looks good, realize Jamie's picking colors. Jamie's doing the painting on the edges because I can I can slap things in the middle. Jamie is building the island. And now, because the tile I bought doesn't exactly match the floor that's already there, she's talking about tearing up all the old tile and making it uniform. So when it looks good, it's her. Okay, so we got to give a little backstory on on your wonder wife there. Jamie is awesome and she's amazing, but isn't and if I'm wrong, correct on this. But isn't her dad a contractor? Didn't he do that for a long time? Isn't he a builder? Yeah, he is. Now he he retired from General Motors. There's other things there. He just he did a lot of building, but I'm not sure that she did it with him all the time. Well, but he is good at walking her through I, stuff. I don't doubt that. I'm not saying that she did or didn't, but what I am going to attest to is they seem to have, in that regard, a very similar detail-oriented personality. And then Jamie's mom is incredibly creative and artistic, and she's very she sees the world in a certain kind of way in terms of creating things, and that's actually kind of rare. So there are lots of people, like for instance, that can draw. Lots of people can draw, but very few people can actually take what's in their mind and put it to paper or put it on a canvas. Like a lot of people spend a long time doing that. And Jamie's family is incredibly creative. Like the things that they can do is just very, very impressive. And so to see her take all those talents and 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 help out with Dabble is just it's dude, you got lucky like literally your wife <laughs> yeah. is a unicorn and it's amazing it is yes and on top of that she's a wonderful person i mean we can add some other things to that but nope dabble is coming along i want to give the credit where the credit is due i'm the guy who wires the internet she's the one who makes everything look pretty so we're getting there now soft open is going to happen january 12th if you're in the area come on out because some friends of ours started talking about wanting to throw away old Christmas decor. And they got on Facebook saying, that's it. I'm throwing this stuff away. You meant December 12th, right, Michael? I meant December 12th. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I, it wouldn't help in January. No, it wouldn't, sir. Okay. So soft open is December 12th. And some of our friends were talking about throwing away all their Christmas decor. And that is not 
in line with sustainability. Luckily, another one of our friends, Nicole, was like, hey, how about we just get together and swap? I got some stuff I'm, I'm kind of sick of, too. Which, of course, brought me into the conversation that said, thank you. You helped my little sustainability heart. I will donate the space. Let's all get together and swap our Christmas stuff so nothing goes to waste. Then Wendy says, let's make it public. Well, we're making it public. So December 12th from noon to 5, you can bring any of your old Christmas items or holiday items into the building. Leave it. For anybody or swap it with somebody else and take theirs it's an opportunity to not waste what you have or still get something new if you bring nothing you can still take something if you bring something you don't have to take anything it's just an open day to see the building get to chat and not waste holidays decor which we're going to talk about here very very shortly <laughs> I love that. And I love that you can actually go there and you can communicate with your people in the same communities and you can actually network together. And maybe, maybe draw closer together. And maybe you'll find, you know, people that have the same taste that you do. And then in the holidays, it's always a good thing, right? People like to be around like-minded individuals. Well, who doesn't love to spread holiday cheer? It's a wonderful idea. Tell yes. Wendy she's an all-star. Absolutely. So if you're into the Durand area, stop in, bring a box of stuff, whatever doesn't get, uh, rehomed by the five o'clock hour we will box up and donate so none of it will get wasted it will go to somewhere where it can be used no dumpsters we don't even own one here at dabble so we have to find homes for everything so just wanted to cover that really quickly we have your holiday special extravaganza to discuss is that so you do see this is the nick's holiday series <laughs> I feel like extravaganza should be added to it. I don't I don't think so. I think the fact that you put my name on it is, is bad enough. You can see the posters. They write themselves. They they might write themselves, and I probably could see them, but <laughs> I, I don't I'd prefer not to see me with my big old face lit up like I, I don't <laughs> I did I did and maintained the notion that I think that uh that the holidays are incredibly unsustainable in the way that they're currently practiced. And I think that because they're all essentially now used as a uh, puppet for commercial you know merchandise production i think that there's a lot to be said about all of them even turkey day but that's a whole nother that, that's a food one we know how i get with food so we're not going to get near the table if we don't have to so this is the unsustainable christmas how many people do you think are going to get mad at us because we are saying their favorite holiday is unsustainable instead of listening to the episode and finding out there's ways to make it more sustainable well, if it goes the way our electric vehicle one day, the answer is everybody. Everyone is going to get angry. And obviously, when I say everyone, I don't literally mean every single person. But I think if you draw out the statistics, we had like two defenders and eh, about 300 people to hate us. So I would go with everyone. Everyone's going to be very angry because of all of most holidays, people tend to hold Christmas near and dear to their heart in a way that, that I find fascinating. Uh, and I'm not knocking Christmas. I I think it has a lot of uh, a lot of good things. I love cheer and, and fellowship, and I love being together. And I wish that these themes that these holidays are built around were more of a more like themes of life. You know, I wish we lived every day like being compassionate and like and, and wanting to spend time with your friends and family and actually wanting to do things together and being excited to see each other instead of you know one day a year like Hey Bob, how you doing? Giving him a hug and then not talking to him for 365 days. I. I I wish that, you know, this was an everyday part of life. And there are, like I said, there are good things about these. But in terms of uh, sustainability, it's, uh, 
it is frustrating and heartbreaking to look at to go to like shopping in a store and and i'm gonna use like meyer or walmart as an example they always have a holiday you know seasonal section you know three or four aisles dedicated to whatever the the current um you know holiday is and with christmas it's you know seal the floor christmas bulbs and tinsels and and new ornaments and trees and all this stuff like we're not gonna talk about pallets and pallets things like candy canes and you want to talk about a worth like a candy cane is literally like it's a piece of candy wrapped in plastic that gets hung on a tree but it's sold in a box you open the box but not the plastic before it goes on the tree then it sits there for like three to four weeks or longer and most of them get thrown away like what's the point like there's (laughs) there's so many aspects of this that are that are frustrating and mind-boggling, but I'm going to start with uh, holiday decorations. I think we, I think that we should go on with that because I think that is the one that's going to be the easiest to talk about, and it's going to be the simplest for people to wrap their minds around. Well, somewhere along the line, and I don't know when it was. I usually like to kind of research these things and look for that distinct line, but I am not sure when this holiday was hijacked by consumerism. <laughs> I don't know when that time hit to where it became more important to get the gifts it became more important to buy all the things than it did for the family get together for the time spent in the time shared okay so i'm going to try to respond to this as carefully as i can christmas in our country is a christian holiday now i say that meaning the notion that it's designed or in reference to celebrating the birth of jesus christ just like Easter is to do with the resurrection. You don't have to be a Christian to celebrate Christmas. Most people do celebrate Christmas and pay no homage to the meaning of Christmas. And um, that is, it's fine. It's still not relevant to what we're going to talk about. So I don't, I think the moment, and we're talking probably going back, you know, a hundred years plus, I mean, probably we're talking the moment commercial companies, like huge company, toy companies and pop culture icons realized that there was money in this kind of stuff. Boom. It's like done. Same thing with Coca-Cola and Santa Claus. The moment they realized they could put that big fat guy in everything and people were going to buy it, toast. Like, it's just, it, it's going to happen. If a company looks at something where they see, like, an endless market where they can get their percentage up every quarter and continuously earn and earn, earn then they're going to do it. It's the same way, and this is something I didn't consider till right now. Huge toy companies specifically choose to underproduce on, on items that have a high demand to create hysteria. So people buy more and more and more of their product. You see it every year. You can't tell me that that company that's been making millions of toys every year and all year long that never runs out of anything. Oh my God, we didn't make enough Tickle Me Elmo's. Like it doesn't work like that. That's on purpose. It's not an accident. Right. I watch it with Nintendo every single year, whether they produce a new game, a new toy or Pokemon cards. They always underproduce what they need to service their market to create the demand that never ends. The game systems do that also. You see it all the time where people are scrambling around, which creates a secondary market where people have bought them all and sell them at a double oh, the price. And it's a there's because when I think Christmas, I think price gouging. Grossly uh, <laughs> inflated. It's a grossly inflated market. You're not even wrong. So I mean, it that that is a thing. And Apple was a big was big on that too purposely reducing the amount creating the hysteria and it creates a pride of ownership of those who get them first well it it does but also it so i've always laughed at people that buy the first generation of a new technology because it's always the comes at a premium price always super expensive but also it always has the most bugs and creates the most problems and so they pay the most for the least amount of success which i find uh, a really bad price to pay just to say i had it first it creates hysteria. It creates this buzz. It creates this marketing. You know what it doesn't create? Holiday cheer. It no. doesn't create kindness. For years and years and years, this is for the first time in a long time, I'm going to state a place 
an actual business that exists because I always I'm always very vague. I worked 10 years at Best Buy. I was there when Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, used to be like a UFC event. Yeah, it was nuts. Nothing says nothing says Christmas spirit the day after you th- you're thankful for what you have than a brawl in the middle of a Best Buy for a $20 discount on electronic. I think that is the most perfect representation of that. We, you know, I've talked about that line in, um, and I think it's in men in black races, a person is smart. People are dumb, stupid animals. And you know it, that herd mentality that, Oh my God, I got to get it now. And instead of thinking to yourself, well, I can just wait. Everyone else is frantically freaking out. So you just, you just like absorb their energy and go with it. And next thing you know, you have hundreds of people duking it out over like a big screen TV or, cause I remember the days where black Friday shopping, like, you're talking about used to be that they'd have all these decent deals like you're talking but they'd have one ridiculous deal where it'd be like a 50 inch flat screen tv a hundred dollars which now now because the technology has become so cheap and they've gotten so efficient with it it's not that unheard of but back then that tv was like you know two grand and so it'd be like a hundred bucks and they'd have one in the store or they'd have two and so there'd be this massive line. The first two people that gets there gets it, but there'd be fights. I remember going Black Friday shopping. And really, if we do a Thanksgiving episode, really, we should just do a Black Friday episode. But that's a whole nother ballgame. I went with some friends years ago to Best Buy. I would have been 14, maybe 13. And they had original Game Boy Advances, which at the time were obsolete, but still being sold for like 70 bucks a piece. They had them for $4. I got hit in the head with a cane by an old lady who had to have it for her grandson. Now, I only say that to say this. Wanting to give your family and your loved ones great things for holidays. Wanting that that little bit of, and it is selfish pride to know that whoever you got to give a gift to liked your gift the most. I do it every year. Every year I buy my nephew Bruce something. Whatever I buy him, Bruce loves. It just is the way it is. It's been since he was little, and I, I'm kind of arrogant about it. I get that. I really do. On the flip side, it's not a competition. When you like, if you really looked at yourself and the way you become with those in those moments, are you really happy with the kind of person you are? Like, is that is that great deal you got in that Discman or that Walkman five six years ago? Like, was that worth it? Was it worth it to that old lady to smack me on the noodle because she had to have that Game Boy? I don't think so. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Maybe I don't think uh, a possible misdemeanor or felony is worth a disc a deal. Right. I'm saying. I mean, if I have option of jail time, because I mean, there are moments in our past where people, you know, during these these uh, these rushes, you know, got hospitalized. They got trampled over because people didn't want to be last. That whole I think nowadays the term is FOMO, fear of missing out. I think that because of their fear of missing out, they did just ridiculous things and all in the name of Christmas. I mean, I, I think that that's just. Uh, yeah, I think I think commercialism and, and, and consumerism has turned the Christmas holiday into a sport. And that isn't the intent. At least it, it, that is not in the intent of the spirit. It may be the intent of those doing it. Because in the unit, just in the United States, the Christmas economy bump is $729.1 billion. $729.1 billion. And in case you're wondering, on average... of that spending goes on credit cards. It goes on (laughs) debt. Of course it does. So that that billion amount um, account for the interest paid too? It does not. (laughs) Okay, well, there you go. So anywhere between 10 and 28% interest, 
I, I'm sure some people have it lower than 10%. I'm not that guy. Then here in Michigan, it maxes out at 28%. So anywhere between 10 and 28% on top of the $729.1 billion in, uh, industry of Christmas. It is a huge chunk of the U.S. economy, and it has moved away from the time spent. It's moved away from the stories and the you know the kids staring out the window, watching the snow fall, waiting for Santa, to the moment you say Christmas, people rattling off what they want. Yeah, so the other day we had a Christmas list left for us by my daughter Rosie. She left us a detailed list to send to Santa that was detailed and sectioned off, and she had categories she had expensive fun whatever the whatever category was my favorite and then the random category which had like little sister puppy it was what i called the list of no like everything in that <laughs> random category was not happening no stretch um, goals there huh no though those, those should have been filed under the ridiculously expensive list like it's not happening but it was it was cute and it was funny and i i it made me laugh, but like my kids don't really get it. They they do have a couple of Christmas traditions that like my mom comes over on Christmas Eve every year and reads them stories out of the Bible and they open pajamas and she stays up with them and they hang out and that's really cool. That that is what I look at for Christmas. To me, that's Christmas. Tradition. Um, Creating family traditions, things to look forward to, these things. Oh, I always we always do this on this day, or oh, I'm getting pie, you know, this this certain kind of pie or whatever it happens to be. It's supposed to be that time. Not not i want here's here's my list of demands and that's what we get sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it is because they don't kids just don't understand and i i think that part of that is a is a borderline failure is us on parents and it, it's it is it, it, to not create the the memories and traditions that we want them to have because ultimately if you think about it as a parent, it's your job to, I mean, you're laying the foundation for your kid's life. So if you want them to have a specific memory or tradition, like on Christmas, if you want to instill in them the ideals that you want Christmas to mean, it's your job to put them there. You got to plant the seed. If you don't, then you can't just be mad like, oh, my kid doesn't appreciate anything. You haven't taught them to. And that's hard. And for me, the things that I, I think about Christmas, like when I was a kid, my kids have never experienced because I've never taken the time to do it. So when you talk about Christmas for me, all I think about are those stop motion, old, really cheesy movies. And I love them. I still do. I'm a 35 year old man. If the little drummer boy is on, I will stop and watch it. I enjoy those movies. I think that they're full of great lessons and they're fun and they're all family friendly and they're stupid, infectious songs. And they're just a all around good time. And the other day, my daughter is singing the heat miser song. And she has no idea what it's from. She's seen it on TikTok. And then we were doing something else. And I was like, bud, I was like, if you just one foot in front of the other, slow steps. She's like, what does that even mean? I'm like, you just put one foot in front of the other, take little steps. Eventually, little bit by little bit, you're going to come a long distance. And he's like, where'd you learn that? I was going to say a little bit, little bit, big bit. But the truth is, from Santa Claus is coming to town, if you put the song goes, you put one foot in front of the other, sooner or, sooner or later, you'll be walking across the floor. You put one foot in front of the other. Before you know it, you'll be walking out the door. And that's all that lesson means is that a little bit of the time, just take it slow. You'll get where you want to where you want to go. You'll accomplish your goals if you don't give up and you keep trying a little bit, little bit, big bit. That's that lesson. It's a timeless lesson. It's part of growing up. And and for our child, at least mine, that was part of Christmas for me. Those movies meant something. I don't love the the demands of gifts. I don't love the twenty or thirty dollar packs of decorations that are gonna be ninety-nine cents the day after Christmas. Because they will be. Um, I don't love the. Oh, here's one. Here's one I hate more than anything in the world, and it's your fault that I hate it. 
So we're blaming you. Yep. I I'll like that. Whatever it is, it sounds good already. Okay. So you have seen lots of things of Christmas and, and Addie's kind of small. Has the school ever sent home reindeer food for her to put out? <laughs> uh, ever? Reindeer food. Yes. I'm not sure we've seen reindeer food thus so, far. Reindeer food is a combination of confetti, sparkle, like the glittery stuff, and like bedazzled little gems. It's a bunch of microplastics that they put in a baggie with like cereal, like crushed up cereal, and you sprinkle it in the snow so the reindeer can come and eat. So it will stick to the cereal, and when uh, when other animals like eat raccoons and, yep. uh, and possums eat it, they're eat, they're now consuming microplastics. Yeah, the best the best of the worst case scenario is that it uh, gets it stays in the snow, it melts, goes into our water sources, and those microplastics end up in our water, and then we get to consume. Well, I would say that's a conversation you may want to have with the school because that's I, the kind of conversations I have with the schools. <laughs> You can, I, you can make up a total different food and call it reindeer. It, it yeah. can be less harmful. I'm I'm a very strong advocate of food-oriented crafts and stuff, as long as they're not something that little Timmy makes and it gets shoved in a closet and it's kept for 30 years. Do you remember, did you guys ever do the, uh, the pine cones covered in peanut butter and bird seeds for birds? Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, that's okay to me. The only part of that that's a problem is like the string or whatever attaches. But if you use twine then yeah. everything will eventually break down. It's not a big deal. Or you can use a piece of straw. You can actually take straw and you can make ropes out of it. It works out really good. But that kind of stuff is great. But yeah, there's reindeer food. And I think this is when she was in Karana. I haven't, I don't know if I've seen the Montrose, but it, it's just, it's never left my brain. In in the moment we started doing these podcasts, I'm like, oh, I got to talk about that. Yeah, that's because a bad idea. That is terrible. That is in all cases, a very bad idea. And if I see that come home, I will do what I always do stop in and have that conversation because I assume the school wants to be good and that they always want to make it fun and exciting. And we can do that without harming the environment and, or the life within it. Well, I think like in most situations involving children and adults, there's a lot of things that are done in the name of education or in the name of entertainment or fun where that's, they find something to do. They do it for this reason and no further thought is put into it. And I, when I say the name of education, I just mean things that are done by the school, you know, sponsored by the school. And in this situation, it is fun. The kids think it's great. They're excited to go out and put it down. And it's awesome. The problem being is that no no further thought is put into terms of the environment. Now, I'm not saying one little bag of reindeer food is going to change the ecosystem in Montrose. But 500 of them, if utilized in a way that they're intended, could eventually cause problems for the local wildlife. So it it's something that I think people should think about. And I think they should really kind of consider And I think that like, there's lots of other things that should be considered too. When you look at Christmas decorations and you look at the outdoor decorations, outdoor decorations are pushed as fervently as indoor decorations. Well, the whole purpose of an outdoor decoration is to be reusable. You're not going to buy new Christmas lights every year. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the idea people do though. And they're, they're pushed and pushed and pushed and peddled. And like, I'm sorry, but like how many people do you know? And I know quite a few. And, I, and, if, and if I were one to like heights, I would be one of them. How many people do you know that put lights up for Christmas and never take them down? They just mm -hmm. stay on the tree. Just they unplug them. No one knows they're there. And so now you have a tree that's wired up with rubbers and plastics and, and metal, which metal and trees don't get along. <laughs> uh, 
and and you have all these animals living in it. They're pecking at it, prodding at it, chewing on it, and, it, and then you're shocked when a section doesn't work. Yeah, you're shocked when a section doesn't work. Then you have to throw it away. Then you got to go buy more, or you just leave them up there because you don't want to climb back up there. So then you just go buy more and do it again. It's just it's a cycle of terrible. Like well, and remember this this mad run for gifts, this mad run for decor, this all these things that we buy aren't generally produced here. Correct. Okay. So when we start looking at sustainability and it's important in sustainability to remember regionalists, you know, be a regionalist, you want to find toys that are local. Now, these days, can you go out and buy a wooden toy made by a cobbler in town? Maybe, but your kid's not happy. You know, there are some things we got Aiden years ago, a wooden catapult. He played with it a decent amount of times. It was at least worth it. But most of these things are boxed up, packaged, run through chemical washes, all these things on the other side of the planet and come here. In a world where emissions matter, that's a bad deal, especially when it's $726.1 billion worth. I uh, I agree with what you just said in the sense that it is terrible, but I will say, ironically enough, we do have one of those old guys in Montrose. We do have a fellow. Uh, I'm going to plug him. His name is Jerry Whitney. He is one of the most amazing humans I've ever met, and he spends all year long building toys out of wood, train mm-hmm. sets and houses and big barns. And when I say big barns, I mean like, oh, Lord, we had one for Rosemary that was three foot, three and a half foot wide by two and a half feet by two and a half feet tall. At the age of 10, she could almost crawl inside of it still before we wow. got rid of it. It was huge. And this stuff in he that's great quality. It looks like it's store made, but he's just really great at what he does. And he spends all year long doing this. He also does a, a toy drive where he puts these big boxes up at all the local businesses. People come and they donate new new stuff. And then at the local orchard, he sets up what he calls Santa's workshop. And people that are not able to really give the kids Christmas they want, that they, they come and they register with him and they can go and they can shop there for their kids for Christmas. He usually ends up getting more donations than people come and utilize, which has always kind of has always heartbroken me. Because I've people never... are choosing not to in the fear that someone will see them, probably. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pride issue. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing happens with food banks. We have one in Montrose called Sweet Peas Pantry, and it always gets more donations than people come and take. So I, I've always been very happy in the sense that these kinds of programs are being funded and getting donations. I, I think that there's some kind of stigma about that people are too selfish. And I think that there is a vast majority of people that, that show us on a regular basis that they're not too selfish and they're, they're happy to help and give. And I think that we need more of those people in the world. There's enough of those people that some of these programs and these local communities are funded and are doing very well. The problem is, is that when you... When you have these people stepping up to do their part, but you have too much pride to to, to say, hey, I, I need help. And it's not, I'm not going to call it a handout. I'm going to say help because it is help. They know there's a problem there. They, they, they see a, a hole in, in, in the social fabric of the community and they're trying to help plug it. They're trying to help. And the people that need the assistance just can't bring themselves to accept it. And and that's an issue. And, and we see it every year with his toy thing. He gets all these donations and there's always a bunch of toys left. So they go to the Goodwill because we learned this year that communication is the key. And at least so far in Durand, I think we've at least put a dent in that stigma. Within one year of edible landscape and all these other things going on, we have food pantries here and they are getting utilized. It's cycling on a regular basis. We have put a dent in that stigma. So it it, it takes constant positive communication and we don't say it's just for those who need it it is for 
anyone. Once you switch it to the word anyone, then people show up because it could be anyone. Oh, I don't really need it, but I'm going to go get this. And it, and it allows more cycling, more movement. It helps more people open the door to everybody and those in need will walk through it. I I agree with that. And I, I didn't honestly know that there was an issue with this kind of stuff, let alone throughout the holidays, but in general, until the pandemic. And one of the, the good things the pandemic taught me is when the school was receiving extra funding and stuff for, for their food, um, the pandemic had all these programs that were, you know, put in place and i would always tell them oh, we don't need the food we, we don't need it we're not going to get the school lunches one day she's like you know that if they don't meet their quota for how many people that they're on the community they don't come get they lose funding based on that so mm-hmm. you really need even if we're not going to use it she's like we'll use it eventually you need to go get it and i was like okay so and she was right we did we go get the food we put it in the freezers and, and I, I would eventually find ways to utilize everything the things that the kids did eat or wouldn't eat you know the vegetables i'd make pot pies and stuff like that so it got used i suppose the best way to put it that funding isn't going to exist for something forever. If no one is utilizing the funding, people are going to eventually look at it and go, well, this is just wasted time and effort here. So they're going to, they're going to apply it somewhere else where it could be better utilized. And I think that if we continue to work on communication and like you said, open the door to everyone, hopefully more people will come. And um, I want to get back on topic though. I want to get back on the, the sustainability horrors of Christmas. (laughs) Well, I have, Two things. I'm going to say it quickly because you won't, and then we'll move back <laughs> on to some stats. He, he's not Any, wrong. I'm not built for speed. Continue. Anybody in the Montrose area on Christmas Eve, there's a place for a dinner. Tasty Bits, this guy I have on the screen here who owns Tasty Bits, is putting on a Christmas Eve dinner free of charge for anyone who comes. You want to at least celebrate time and place? Uh, yeah, um, actually I was going to mention this today because I, I was going to mention this every episode we have until Christmas and it, I, I wasn't going to mention that Tasty Bits was doing it because that's not relevant. What is relevant is that there is going to be a free community dinner in Montrose. There'll be two servings at the Masonic Lodge, which is located at 130 Parkway Street in Montrose, Michigan on Christmas Eve at 11 to 1 and then 3 to 6. The, the gap in between is to give us time to clean up and make sure that we have everything restocked for the second round. Everyone is welcome. It doesn't matter your age, your your financial position in life. You could be a millionaire. You could be a pauper. We don't care. We want everyone to come. Christmas is about community. It's about being together. It's about the holidays and giving and companionship and fellowship and, and love of giving. And, and for me, if I'm being honest, part of this is my poor attempt to escape my actual feelings. Because my kids are going to be out of town for Christmas. It'll be the first time in 10 years that I'm going to have no one at home for Christmas this year. And I couldn't spend Christmas alone. So if I can't give it to my kids, I'm giving it to everybody. And I want the town to come and to hang out with me and to hang out with Santa and hang out with food. And we'll eat and we'll be married and have a great time and make terrible decisions, but really good memories. Um, (laughs) And I think that'll be a lot of fun. Well, first of all, thank you. I will be there. Jamie has approved, and we're both going to be there serving food. So uh, I hope everybody decides to come out and join us. It should be a great time. I know the food is good. Part That's half the reason why I'm going. But <laughs> the other half is, you're right, let's get together. Let's do something good, and let's have some fun doing it. I agree, and I do want to push this part of it a little harder. When I say everyone, I don't just mean everyone in the greater Montrose area. I mean everyone. I don't care if you're from Albuquerque, New Mexico, if you're from Ohio, if you fly in from France. If you happen to drive by and see a sign that says free food, it means exactly that free food. Come get a plate, and let's get to know each other. 
Right. It doesn't matter. I, I don't care if you're there for the food or you just want to meet the superstar we call Nick. <laughs> it is that is a great yeah. opportunity. So now I'll, I'll transition us back to the show, which is <laughs> wrapping paper. Oh, Nothing wonderful. drives me more nuts. It, poor Jamie. Jamie and her mom have such traditions and things they just love to do. And they just have to do it and, and ignore the words in my, that come out of my mouth or watch my eye twitch or whatever it happens to be. Because wrapping paper, oh my goodness, is this super <laughs> thin paper. Used to be a tree. Used to be a tree. Painted with inks and all these things. So thin that when you go to cover it, you got to do it twice because it tears on the corners, of course. And then when we're all done, the, the kids take it. They, they hit it like a wood chipper. <sighs> And then half of it ends up in a landfill. Half of it ends up blowing around the neighborhood somewhere. Get a reusable bag. Just hold on. Hold on. You're talking about, you say wrapping paper. You mean the paper that has got a hard cardboard tube. And then it's about eight or nine layers of thin plastic coated paper. Then it is wrapped in plastic, which is then covered with a plastic coated price tag, which is then sold to be wrapped around a box. And then they're not going to stop there. They're going to put their gift tag on it. They're going to wrap it in ribbon and they're going to wrap it in bows. Does anyone listening to this understand why we think this is a sustainability nightmare? Like I know beauty must come at a cost, but should the cost be the earth? Okay. So just so we know every year, just in the United States, $7 billion of wrapping paper that's like nine that's like nine hundred dollars in value but seven billion dollars in wrapping paper is sold 4.6 million pounds every year every year of wrapping paper that we are going to put on a gift admire when it's sitting under the tree and then our children are going to hit it with like like a wood chipper shred it all over the place and create that much extra waste plus all the inks the embodied energy stories i've told everybody we all know it is an absolute nightmare. Get a reusable bag, please. It, I was going to ask you, at the at one of the things I had written down to ask you at the very beginning of this was, Mike, if you had to pick wrapping paper or gift bags, which one makes you twitch more? I think everyone knows now it's definitely wrapping paper. Well, because um, gift bags can be reused. When's the last time you saw someone carefully take their wrapping paper off in the hopes that they can wrap it on another gift? Um, I've never ever seen that. You're right, because I think ripping. I think that's another thing is that ripping it off, like the, the oh my god, ripping it and tearing it off is part of the excitement that comes with it. And I think that that is uh, it's one of, it's one of those things where as a kid, it's just part of your culture. It's ingrained into you, and then as you get older, it's at least hopefully it, it seems like a giant waste. It gives me a, a real big appreciation for if you. I don't know if you've ever received a gift from someone that's wrapped in an old paper bag. That they, yeah. they take they take a paper bag like a grocery sack and they cut it and they they, they they wrap it like a present and then some people if they're really they want to be nice with it they, they'll wrap twine around like an old package like a cliche old package from like 1902 and you know what I, I love that I think it's super precious and they look really good and they're not they're not shiny and they're not you know just flashy and stuff but they took it's if someone takes the time to wrap it in theory they want you to open it they want you to be excited to open it and, and i understand that i understand the, the the marketing behind the psychology behind these things i get it it doesn't change the fact that it's a ridiculous horrible effect on the environment i, I can't imagine how much of it actually and how much gets produced and never used i know every season like i'm, I'm like into january once you're you're past the holiday season you go to like goodwills there's always bins and bins of wrapping paper that was produced and never used 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Or the times that people buy a roll, wrap two things, and say, I can't keep this roll till next year to get wrinkled and throw it away. They wrap two presents on 50 yards of wrapping paper and then throw it all away. So, yeah, I get a little emotional when it comes to wrapping paper because there's better ways to do it. I like, if you're going to wrap me a gift, do it in the newspaper you were going to receive anyways. That's another cool idea. Yeah, if you're receiving newspapers, save them throughout the year and use those because at least it was already produced. At least it's something that you would have thrown away. Use it as wrapping paper. Yeah, and here's a little little side note. You should do it with with the with the news that you really hate, so you can spend the last part of the year tearing it apart. That would be awesome. But <laughs> I would yes, say let's put the good stuff on the outside, maybe. You could, you could. I'm just trying to spit it. I'm trying to sell it, Michael. Well, if they go right now to Duran, they can get the Argus Press, and it could just be covered in dabble. Why would you want people to tear dabble apart? Do you understand no. the metaphor here? <laughs> <laughs> I, you could say I want them to tear into dabble, and that's great when they're in the building. But I just, either way, you know. I. Okay. I well, before we move on from like. Okay, so wrapping paper is bad. Let's just say wrapping paper is bad. It, to me, it's just Santa-sponsored tumbleweed around your house for the next six weeks. So well, let's find a better way. <laughs> well, have you? Have, I know you gave me a look, but have you ever seen a big wad of freaking wrapping paper in your neighborhood like three days later because they put it out to the trash? Is it blowing around like a, a Santa tumbleweed? I have not. No, I don't doubt that it's there. That is not the way I took it because one of the things that it's ingrained in my head is no matter what family it is, kids are tearing through presents. So there's always like a, a drill sergeant, like dad with the trash, but like, give me the paper, give me the paper. Like he doesn't want that crap around his house. Like he's just looking at it. I, and really what it is, is he's looking at all that money that he spent on just the paper. And he's like, every time they tear, it's five bucks, it's five bucks, it's 10 bucks. <laughs> he's looking at all this, all this funding that he could have used for anything. It's going to the garbage. He doesn't want to be reminded of his house. So he doesn't want to be reminded with it. And that's all Christmas is really is a bunch of wasted money. Cause you're going to spend hundreds of dollars on your, your gifts you're giving people. And unless they're really well thought out gifts that actually have a purpose, they're going to be, you know, forgot about and shelved or thrown in the closet within a month anyways. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Other things to consider. This was kind of interesting. Did you know that a Christmas gift has 20% less financial value than something you buy for yourself. Absolutely. That the, that the economy actually loses value because we're buying gifts that people don't necessarily want, don't don't necessarily care about, would never actually buy for themselves. These gift packs and all these other things that we <sighs> grab to say we've given a gift, not because we were we were thoughtful and thought about the, something they may want or need. So when you what they did is they did a study and said, how much do you think this is worth? And it was con- a gift is consistently. 20% less value. Um, I didn't know the number on it, but I, I could have told you that. And I, I think that the reason that I would attribute to it is that Christmas is what I call a band-aid holiday. So you use it as a time to give people things that you want to give them, not that they want, or even in most cases you think they'd actually like, but because you feel guilty about not spending time with them throughout the year. And this is a subconscious guilt. It's not like you spend every day waking up. Oh, I wish I would have seen Michael today. And, you, you Eeyore your way through it. It's something that you just live your life. You do your thing. You're out of sight, out of mind. Christmas rolls around. Oh, you know who would love this? We should get this for them. And then you wrap it and give it to them. And they're like, wow, we haven't talked to you in six months. Thanks for this new blender. Okay. And 
and more often than not, like you have things like like the gift packs you were talking, about, like scent packs, the the axe body spray packs or the Victoria's Secret scent packs and they are they're, they're everywhere and they're they're mass produced and they're shoved in like a bin so you can see them as soon as you walk in the store and you grab them and oh this is great and you buy it then you just find people you know that's a lot of people another thing people just buy gifts just just because they're there oh we'll find someone to give that to you later like like what how much that's money do you thoughtful. have how much money do you have or you have a closet of in case I need a band-aid gift like you just have a buy a bunch of boxes and you know what oh my god i did that <laughs> like it just dawned I wish on you me could have all just saw dick's face just now <laughs> oh god shocked. i'm so terrible i'm such a hypocrite <laughs> i just did this this summer uh i was at walmart and on clearance they had a brand new mainstays set of pans now this isn't a great set it's like I think brand new. It's like 40 bucks, but it was in their clearance now for $5. I picked, there was three of them. I had a buddy of mine that just moved into his own place, his very first apartment. And I was like, you know what? This is great for him. I'm going to get this for him. And you know what? Along the way, I bet you my nephew someday is going to need one too, or my son is. And I bought him and put him in the closet. I did that. <laughs> I not for Christmas, but it's the same thing. Like yeah, I don't guilty. even have to punish you anymore. You punish yourself. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've always punished myself. It's part of being me. It's a, it's a wonderful process. It's just ridiculous. And and let, let me let me be the first one to tell you, as a gift receiver, there are a couple people in my life that buy me the coolest, most fun gifts. And when I say that, I want this to be very clear. I love them dearly, but you can tell the things they give me because I will think they're amazing, but I'll never use them. So I'm a pop culture person. I love video games and action figures and toys and stuff. And there's anyone that's never seen this there. I'm surrounded by movies and DVDs of video games. And I have a lot of, of what I would call unsustainable oohs and ahs in this room. And um, I, I can't tell you the last time I put one in a machine and watched it. Right. I have hundreds of dollars of unopened plastic toys and brand new packaging around me. And a lot of these were gifts. Not all of them. But a lot of them from a couple people that I love dearly. And I, I'll never get rid of some of this stuff because of who it came from. But I'm as a 35 year old man, I, I don't have a reason to have it. Right. Well, and, you know, it, it's kind of ingrained in us because I'm going to speak to just the United States right now. We are half half of consumer spending during Christmas on this planet. Wish you could have seen Mike's face when he said half. He made a gagging face like he was vomiting. He's like half. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it is a, a lot. It is, it is a, a lot. ton. It is so much. And it, and it is we are the primary concern. On top of the fact in the United States, a lot of people travel. Millions and millions of people travel even when they're not supposed to because of pandemics. And they spend a minimum of $1,500 and 70% of that will go on a credit card. Mm -hmm. We create debt. We create debt during Christmas to show our joy and thankfulness that will last through the first six months of the year. Yeah, you're right. And, and truthfully, it's not just on Christmas, though. I, I, when you look at the, the way that consumerism kind of defines a lot of different forms of American culture, a lot of our economy is based on a debt. Most of it. Most of the sales mm -hmm. and the... The things that deem a business successful are, are on credit cards and are on, on company credit cards and are people, you know, getting what they want now so they can pay it back later. It, our entire economy is kind of based on. I mean, you can argue with me if you want, but the fact of the matter is, if you were, if every single person in this country right now decided no more credit cards, they were going to pay cash for everything, and they were going to go to work every day, and they were going to do everything that the textbooks say you're supposed to do, our economy comes to a screeching halt. 
Well, the fact of the matter is, is I can attest to that somewhat because, as you know, through Facebook and Instagram, we do advertising for realistic sustainability or greening your life. Or Tasty Bits Catering. Or Tasty Bits Catering. And and now Dabble. The greening portion and realistic sustainability had a hard had a hard time there. It was considered political. It was considered kind of against the grain. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the crazy things like spending less money or giving away free food. And or Facebook, being healthy. And Facebook shut my site down. I had to prove who I was, where I lived. I had to send them photo ID, all these things, because it violates the norm. Using well, less is a radical movement. <laughs> it is. It's a radical movement because it, it goes against what they want and they want to make money. We've talked a lot about a lot of these big corporations where they look at their bottom line and their bottom line is based on infinite growth. Well, infinite growth can't be sustained Ever. until you, it, it's just, just, just not possible. And so, nope, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but we ha- I have to move us along. We have a friend that needs help and you and I haven't talked in so long. We are definitely enjoying our moment right now. So I'm going to move us through the show a little bit because I have more stats. I have more notes, and he just stuck his tongue out at me. We have decor, as we were talking about the decor swap here at Dabble. $6 billion in decor is purchased every year, every single year. Swap it with a friend. Swap it with someone. Let's minimize our purchases because, boy, $6 billion is a lot of dollar store items. Well, it is. Most of these dollar store items are made with plastics and, and made with cheap metals. And, and I'm sorry to say, but that can all be reused. There's no reason why they can't be stored, stored and used again next year. Everywhere you look in Christmas, there's an unsustainable practice. Look at your Christmas tree, the tree itself. Is it a plastic, bleached, highly manufactured, shipped across the planet artificial tree? Or are we actually going outside and killing live trees that are not even remotely close to mature for decorations within our house so they can dry out and become a fire hazard. So we had personally, we, the first three years of that year, we went every year and cut a tree down and, and there is something beautiful or I shouldn't say beautiful smelling. I mean, I love having the smell of real pine in the house. I really do. And then we we got gifted my mom's old Christmas tree, and she bought that back when I was very young. And at the time, we're talking back in like the early '90s, it was like a three or four hundred dollar tree. It was a very expensive artificial tree to a point where it still looks good now. When you put it together, 2021, it looks like it looks like a real tree. And it hasn't degraded, it hasn't fallen apart. And we used that tree for quite a few years. We did buy a new tree this year. It's pre lit, and we bought new ornaments for the first time ever since we've been together. We've always used things that the kids have made at school. So now for the first year, we have a tree, ironically enough, with no one home to enjoy Christmas, but an artificial tree with all brand new ornaments. And I intend on keeping them for a very, very long time. Christmas trees represent in artificial Christmas trees, which you've contributed to this year. You're welcome. $984 million in Christmas trees. I'm astonished that it, that that number didn't reach a billion. Live Christmas trees. Well, was live Christmas trees. That's probably (laughs) the better way to put it. $21.6 billion globally. People are still killing the trees over the plastic ones they can use over and over and over and over again. Absolutely, they are. uh, There's a local Runyon's Christmas tree farm. It's a huge farm. And they're usually out of Christmas trees that they because they allocate so many per field per season. I mean, they think they're on a five or a ten year 
growing cycle, but they're usually out of trees to harvest within the second weekend of December. Well, I will say one cool thing I did find is in the UK and in the London area, there's one person, one person who will rent you a live Christmas tree. And when they return, when they go back and pick it up, they replant it. And next year they, they pull it out again and they put it in the nice uh, root ball and bring it to the house for that for those days and bring it back you can rent a christmas tree that will stay alive year over year over year once it's too large they plant it permanently so real quick as as a sum up we we probably could have done a three-hour show on christmas because we still had all kinds of stuff we could chat about so i'm just gonna blow through some of this it's just guys when you're wrapping find unique ways to display your gifts. I'm a, I am like the, the newspaper idea. I love the brown paper sack ideas if you're already getting those from the grocer. I was recently picked on because I did give a gift in the plastic bags that, that I had in the house from purchasing things. So find something you already own. I guarantee there's something in the house that can hide that gift. A box, a reusable bag. There's always something. Use your grocery sacks if you have to. They'll give them back to you. Just look for unique ways. Wrapping paper is painful. Now, does it mean you can't use it? No. Let's be realistic. When we talk about realistic sustainability, it is one of those things that sometimes you're just going to have to do. Well, and we may have to, or every year we dig in more and more and more and more. Maybe we start isolating it to certain portions. Like one of the things I was about to say is don't overcook your meals. I, that is a hard problem for me to deal with. I always believe that you must have extra of everything because you never want to run out of a single thing. But Jamie has taught me that if you run out of stuffing, people just eat the potatoes. They just move to the next thing. So don't overcook your meals. Over, over portion. Over portion. Over portion. Thank you. I overcook. I don't uh, want you. I don't <laughs> want you to overcook. Most people make ham for or Christmas. Ham's already cooked. Most ham you buy has already been cooked and it's been brined in the store or smoked or cured. And all you have to do is reheat it. Stop drying out your ham, fellas. Okay. All right. Also try to look for gifts that have long-term value. Don't, don't buy a set of hands and put them in a closet in the hopes that someone will want them. Nick. Mm, Yep. That's me. So, Look for those things that bring value. Show the thought. That's what Christmas is about. Time together. If there is a gift that you you thought enough, not just here's your random item. It is cons- considerably different than what we, we act like it should be. We look for anything you can reduce with plastics. Try to find things that aren't wrapped in plastic. We can find great gifts even at a Goodwill. We can find great gifts on Facebook Marketplace. We can find them on Craigslist. There's a lot of things that you can get that doesn't always have to be brand new. It doesn't. It's a gift. It does not have to meet any consumer standards. You are just being thoughtful for another person. That is it. Look to see how it's made. Do your best to pick stuff that has some sustainability factor to it. Less wrapping, less plastic. You know, buy the metal version of something before the plastic version of something. Just be mindful. We've talked years. We've now talked a year on sustainable thinking. Just stop for a second and think about it. Look at your options. Now, if you get the plastic one, you get the plastic one. I understand that everyday life cannot be dictated by what we say. All we're requesting is that you think about it. Maybe as a gift, you don't give a toy. Maybe you give an experience. 
Christmas, you give the experience. You, Hey, we bought tickets to Splash Park this summer. Hey, we bought tickets to this movie or we buy tickets to this or that. Maybe give an experience over a gift or a toy that just gets shelved or stuck in a, in a, in a room for the rest of the year. I don't know. It's all different for every family. Locally sourced items. Look for anything you can that is locally sourced. Really, that's what we had for what I had on the list to cover. Did we cover it deep enough? Nick is shaking his head no. He is very unhappy with this episode. Feel free to make sure you put a like on it so he knows that it was a decent episode. And we will just have to readdress some of these pieces in a much deeper way. I think him and I got a little chatty because it's been a while since we've been able to just sit and BS and have a good time. So, Or maybe this just show is a good time and maybe people should put a comment on this post and tell him that we need a part two. <laughs> we will see how that goes. So that's all we have for this week. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like this episode, share it on social media or with a friend. If you get an opportunity and you have something to say, comment. Comment on the post. You could even defend us in electric vehicles because it looks like that's still a very hot topic. <laughs> if you if you have a comment or something you want to ask, send it to us directly. We like getting those messages. And we, and we try to respond as quickly as possible. And we try to put our name after it because it doesn't tell you which one of us responded. If you want to support realistic sustainability, by the way, thank you to the people who are. It's nice to know that someone out there that feels this show has value to them. You can always go to either greetingyourlife.org backslash podcast, or you can go to the Anchor site and support us for as little as a dollar a month. If you don't, If you can't do that or don't want to do that, not a problem. Leave us a five-star review. It has seriously been a long time since we've had a brand new review. I think we're still sitting at the same number, and I kind of like them because I like to read them. It makes me feel good. So if you get an opportunity, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, all we have to do is get a little bit better each day. It doesn't matter if it's our thinking or our actions, just a little better each and every day. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. And we'll see you next week.